This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I am excited to welcome to the podcast, Timothy Brindle. Tim is a pastor at Olive Street Presbyterian Church and a candidate for PhD in Old Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary, where he also serves as the senior stewardship officer. He is the author of The Unfolding, a book and an album, and has released several other Christian hip hop albums since 2003. But his most recent book, the one we're gonna talk about today, is The Acrostic of God, a rhyming theology for kids, which he co-authored with Johnny Gibson. Timothy and his wife, Floriana, have nine children and live near Philadelphia, and I'm just glad to have you on the podcast. Champ, it's a blessing to be with you. Thank you for having me, brother. Oh, I'm excited and looking forward to this, and I want to know what verse you have for us today. Yes, the verse I had in mind was Psalm 78, verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. I love Psalm 78. And so this verse just jumps right off the page at me. Why don't you bring us into how the Lord has used this verse in your life? What's it saying? How is it meaningful to you? The reason it, it really strikes me is because it brings into view the primary purpose of parenting mm -hmm. is to make known who God is in his greatness, namely his might, mm -hmm. and what he's done in redemptive history, in salvation history, his glorious deeds, his wondrous works. And so God's acts of salvation in the Old and New Testament climax in Jesus Christ, uh, in his glory seen in those saving works, is what God wants us parents to make known to our children, as, as Asaph says. This verse is really getting at the heart of God gave us a word. He's told us what he's done, and our job is to relay it on to the next generation. Why does Asaph describe what God has done in the words that he does? That's an excellent question. And there's a key word. The ESV translates it, God's wonders, his wonders. And uh, at the root of this word is the same word for the miraculous works that God did, for instance, when he caused Sarah, who was barren, to have a son, Isaac. And when Sarah laughed uh, at the fact that God promised he would give her a son, he asked the rhetorical question, is there anything too wondrous, too wonderful, too marvelous for the Lord? Mm. And then the same word that we find in Psalm 78, 4, it's used over and over again, in particular in the Psalms, for the miraculous works of judgment and salvation that Yahweh, the God of Israel, the triune God, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, worked in history like the 10 plagues, mm. uh, like the Exodus. And they are climaxed in the death and resurrection of Christ uh, for our salvation. So that really sticks out at me, Champ, in particular from verse 4. 
So how would you connect this verse and the command that Asaph is giving us to talk about what God has done? How would you connect that command to the book that you and Johnny Gibson have written about the acrostic of God? How do those things relate? Well, uh, it just so happens that uh, Johnny Gibson and I are both preachers, men who proclaim the word of God in pastoral ministry, but also those who teach Old Testament uh, I am one of Johnny's students in uh, the Old Testament PhD program. I've been so blessed by his teaching as professor. And so we're all about the fact that Christ himself in Luke 24 says, it's not just the New Testament that's about me. It's the Old Testament as well. And we think our kids need to know this, whether it's our own biological children those we've adopted, those we're teaching in Sunday school, those we're teaching in school, those in our neighborhood, even, the, even if they're kids from a non-Christian family, they need to know who God is and how his glory, his greatness, his character is revealed and seen most in his saving works, especially in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that verse has everything to do with the acrostic of God, a rhyming theology for kids that Johnny and I wrote. So here's my question. Do you have to be able to do hip hop or rap to read this book to your kids? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> it, it can help. And what we did with this book is we put the words that rhyme, and it's not only words that rhyme, but whole phrases that rhyme. We put them in italics so you can know when to bring inflection uh, on those various words. Nice. And so that's something that Johnny uh, thought we should do as, for me, as a lyricist champ, uh, sometimes a cat in the hat rhyme scheme is fine, uh, but oftentimes I want to rhyme multiple syllables in multiple words at the end of each line. So we brought that in with uh, several of the various attributes or titles on the Acrostic of God book. Yeah, that's great. And all the help you can get when you're reading to your kids, we all love to read to our kids and to make it exciting and sound fun. And when we can do that and also talk about our glorious God, that's just fantastic. Amen. Can you pull us into this book for a minute? Like when you say acrostic, is it working through the alphabet? Is it an acrostic for something else? And maybe give us an example of what one of those installments might be. Yeah, so it is working through the alphabet, and it's okay. going off of the pattern, which is really a teaching tool that God has given his people for them to remember his word. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the most well-known acrostic poem in the Bible is Psalm 119, right. where you have eight verses for each Hebrew letter, where the first word begins with that Hebrew letter uh, for, for eight lines in a row. And so in particular, what Johnny Gibson and I did was we wanted to make the acrostic teaching tool something useful. Uh, the, the age range for this book, the target age uh, range is about 5 to 11, 5 mm -hmm. to 12, mm -hmm. maybe some 13-year-olds uh, and, and maybe even some 4- or 3-year-olds, <laughs> uh, but uh, sort of that kindergarten uh, through uh, middle school age, uh, we wanted to use the various letters of the alphabet. So A is for almighty. Hmm. Uh, we at first had uh, a couple attributes per letter, uh, but we didn't want to overwhelm right. uh, our, our readers. B is for blessed. Hmm. C, compassionate. D is decrees. And so with decrees, you see, we go beyond just attributes or titles uh, to various things that uh, God has done in redemptive history. But for the most part, uh, each letter has an attribute, a name, or a title for God 
I cannot wait to see this book. That sounds amazing. So let me read it again, our passage for today. That's Psalm 78, 4, and it says this, We will not hide them from our children, but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might, and the wondrous works that he has performed. So Timothy, as parents are listening to this along with their children, what's one piece of advice you could give that parents could implement even today with their children to bring before them and tell them the wondrous works that God has done? I think about dinner time. Mm -hmm. Sitting down at the dinner table uh, is so important for families to do. Uh, and something we've done in the Brindle household with our eight kids all together is we'll do one letter a night. Um, and this is something we did before the acrostic of God was written. And so uh, what you do is you just get a piece of paper, write that letter down, put the, the that attribute or name of God on it and maybe a verse on, on it and put it up on the wall if, if your wife doesn't mind messing up the, the, the wallpaper <laughs> or the paint. And discuss that attribute of God and at least read one verse that brings that out in scripture. And then as the kids sit down the next night, they begin to see it and remember it. And so that's something that's been really useful for us. But the final thing I'd say, champ, which Johnny and I sought to do with this book, is the glory of God is seen in the face of Christ. The glory of Christ is the gospel of Christ. And so make sure that when you're describing or talking about the attributes of God, bring it to Christ in his saving work and his death and resurrection in the gospel, because that's where the attributes of God are seen most fully, right? Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and pointing us to the works of God, especially as we see them just radiate from the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Would you just close our time in prayer? Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us. Father, you've made yourself known in creation, and we confess as sinners were those who have suppressed your truth, traded away your glory for idols. Uh, so we thank you that in your special revelation, in your word, in your gospel, your spirit has opened our eyes to see your glory in the person of your son. Father, do this for us and for our children, as you promised, according to Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Show your faithfulness in this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.